Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Dropping Points Podcast. I'm your host, Blake, here with my partner in MLS Fantasy Soccer, Brian Maurer. Brian, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I am doing cautiously optimistically. Uh, Charlotte is finally seeming to turn turn a corner. We haven't, we've stopped the bleeding a little bit. Um, had a crazy, crazy game with a howling wind in Toronto and uh, it was nice to see them uh, pull back and, and draw 2-2 this early on in the year. I don't feel like they, we really saw that much fight from them until the end of last season. So things are getting a little less edgy than they were early on. Yeah, Josiak and Bender with their goals uh, to complete yeah. the 2-2, the 2-2 draw against Toronto. Uh, my team, my Columbus crew, we put up 10 goals in the last two games, won two straight games against Atlanta and RSL. So I'm flying high. Going to have a lot of crew talk on this podcast. Everybody beware of that. But Brian, let's do some housekeeping stuff first. Let's get into this week's dropping points top five. At number one, we had Older Goaler with 126 points. They captain Christian Espinoza. Number two, Half Century City and Crew Forever at 113. They captain Lucas Larian. Go Crew. At number three, Lineup IQ with 109 points. They also captain Christian Espinoza. At number four, Black and Red. They've been in here before. 108 points. Captain Lucas Larian. And Wonderful World coming in at number five with 107 points, captaining Christian Espinoza. Seems like Christian Espinoza was probably the most captain player last week, and Lucas Elarion was probably a close second, but all five of those guys captained those two fellas, and that boded pretty well from them. Brian, how did you do last week, and then how did you drop points? Yeah, so I I mean, I, I, I paid for, for – uh, shouting out FC Cincinnati and rolling with them again this past week, Lucho Acosta and Brandon Vasquez. Um, Captain Lucho, he put up five, which was, I mean, better than his week one the last time I had captained him. But it still doesn't seem like FC Cincinnati's um, offense is just it's just not clicking yet. They're still winning games and grinding it out. But I really anticipated them kind of turning the quarter, sp- quarter corner, especially against uh, uh, Miami, who just – have seemed to completely fall off, fall off the pace um, since the Gregory injury, but just couldn't happen for them again. That the chances are there. That I mean, Lucho Acosta is getting key passes and and, and creating opportunities. It's just the finishing isn't there uh, for really any of the attackers that have seen Cincinnati right now. So I definitely got to lay off captaining them and and spending those spots on switcheroos. I'd say until until they really show that they're more consistent in turning the tide. Carlos Acapo was another late pick. I had Marie, their other fullback, San Jose's other fullback in up until like 930 and then made the switch because I needed to kind of bounce some things around with the Vasquez pick only getting two points and and had uh, the option between Cowell and Betcher and mm. went with Cowell, which was, uh, was definitely – uh was was the wrong pick there and then also because i had extra money for getting cheap a cheap forward decided to spend extra on a capo over keeping marie and so lost points in both areas um 
Mm. And then yeah. Tiago Amada. Balancing the checkbooks late on a Saturday. You hate to see that. And I'm <laughs> sorry, you failed to mention, I, I kind of led you astray in between KCAL and Simon Betcher, right? Yeah. You, te you texted me at probably 9.30 when you were making those last-minute yeah. decisions after you saw lineups come out, and you're like, all right, Blake, KCAL or Simon Betcher, yeah. who should I take? And, you know, yeah. Simon Betcher scored a couple goals in MLS and CCL, and I was like, ah. Eh, you know, maybe that luck's going to run out. I would go Kate Cow. He's a starter for San Jose. They're a fun team. Uh, he has Christian Espinosa on the other side. Like, they're they're a better team, I think, than Vancouver was. And then Simon Betcher went and scored two goals and had the assist to Brian White and was, like, the top earning forward last week. So uh, I apologize, Brian. I, I'm very sorry for making you drop points. I think that's more so of a me dropping points and you listening to me. So my, my drop point is me telling you to pick Cal over Betcher. Your drop point is listening to me, who's been miserable at MLS Fantasy this year. I mean, it, it, I honestly, to be fair, I was definitely leaning harder towards Cal, but it goes to show matchups are a huge part of this, right? I mean, Montreal is just the matchup for road. If they're on the road, that's just the matchup it seems to target this year. They are just absolutely getting beaten up on the road and it doesn't yeah. matter who's in against them. It's just, they're probably bound to score points. So um, that's what I whole situation is just like, which is in those situations, where is the matchup strongest rather than who's maybe the more talented player, who's the more experienced player. Any of those things can kind of go out the window when it comes to like, if you're playing just a team that just is giving up goals the way Montreal is. Um, my last one is Thiago Almada. He only had four points and cost me 11 mil. So those are my, those are my drop points. Mm, yeah. Uh, Ray Goddess, he subbed off at halftime. He resulted in one point uh, for me and I did not have him on the bench. I started him. So there was nothing I could do. I remember looking at halftime, like, okay, great. They have a, they have a shutout right now at halftime. And I, I went back and look at the end of the game. Like, well, what happened? Did he get red carded sent off? Like what happened? No, he got subbed off at halftime. So not great for me. I missed out on probably seven points there from Ray Goddess. Uh, thanks, Pat Noon. Appreciate that. Uh, Johnny Nelson and St. Louis gave up their first goal in 258 minutes via a penalty kick to lose the shutout in the 78th minute. So I lost points there for Johnny Nelson, the St. Louis defender. Uh, we already touched on me telling you Cade Cal over Simon Betcher. Once again, I will apologize. I can't apologize enough for that one, Brian. Uh, and then I was way too on brand by captaining my tap in last week. My tap in of the week last week was Jesus Ferreira. That did not come to fruition. I think he had, what do you have? Like six points, 12 I is my sure. captain, I believe. And, you know, usually when I play Lucas Elrion, Lucas Elrion is usually my captain. Previous years, whenever I play Lucas, Lucas is my captain. Last year, the first like three or four weeks, Lucas is my captain every week. This year, I'm doing this podcast. He's my tap in of the week. I feel like I'm. I'm pressured into making him my captain. So I did that. And look, I, I dropped points again because Zellerion had what, like 16 points would have had 32 as my captain. So I dropped like 16 points there by just picking the wrong guy as my captain. That's, you know, that's the differential and, and being good and bad in this game. And right now I'm bad. And then again, just completely on brand kind of, but opposite here, I hyped up Aiden Morris, right? I was like, oh, he's a fantasy relevant player, right? He's fantasy relevant for the Columbus crew after he scored his first ever MLS game. And then I said all that, hyped him up, told everybody, everybody that everybody that played him, I'm taking credit for this past week. Right. And then I don't play him whatsoever. Then he scores a brace, earns 16 points, which is the third highest total in week six. Are you, are you kidding me? What am I doing? Brian is <laughs> You just got to play all the Morrises. That's the name of 2023 fantasy. 
I like that. Can I rename my like my team? You know, I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. It's a good strategy and it's working so far to start the year. All right. But I digress. My last dropping point, because I had a lot of them, I got a whole running list here. I could have I could have had 11, one for every player, really. But uh, zero goals for my strikers once again and a net loss from that position of 400,000. So not great there either. Um, just a just a really brutal week for me. Needless to say, I didn't qualify for Champions League. Yeah, but shout out to those who did. Um, I think we had four yeah. or five guys in our league who've already qualified for CCL or for the for Champions League in 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 the first go round, which is I mean that's that's solid. I mean to do that in the first six weeks right out of the gate. So kudos to them. Yeah, and I think the second qualifying for CCL is like week seven through. Whatever. Yeah, it starts right this week. This week through week thirteen. The next okay, so it's, it's like a brand. It's a fresh start. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. start fresh here. You know, I come up with a new strategy. Sometimes I, I listen to myself, listen to my gut, listen to my brain. And uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll go from here. But Brian. The dropping points cleanse. <laughs> that's that's what we're going for in this next phase of MLS Fantasy, right? I'm going to cleanse myself of all the mistakes I made through the first seven weeks. And we we can only go up from here, Brian. We yep. can only learn and improve. That's the That's the name of the game. But Brian, the week that just was, what were your three things that you saw stood out the most that had fantasy relevancy? Yeah, so I, we already kind of touched base a little bit on it, but CF Montreal has just been really poor on the road. I feel like they must have pissed somebody off at MLS scheduling because they have five road games out of the first six matches. So they're on the road again this week against New England Revolution, um, and they just have been, I mean, arguably the worst team on the road. Uh, so pretty much until further notice, if Montreal is on the road, I mean, that's just a matchup to target week in and week out. Um at home is a little bit different. Their one home match, I mean, against Philadelphia, they were able to show up and win. So, I mean, but road for sure, just they have been absolutely terrible. So I'm watching out for them uh, every time they're on the road. Real Salt Lake might be the worst team in MLS right now. Are they that um, bad or the crew that good, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the people uh, want to know. Well, yeah. Well, since they've lost four in a row, it's probably more than just the crew. Although, I mean, the crew deser definitely deserves okay. some credit for their home form, um, as I'm sure you will uh, get into later and uh, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> but uh, they've been – RSL have been bad home, away. It doesn't really matter, which I think is the surprising thing, right, because RSL historically have always been really strong at home um, with the elevation and everything like that. But this year they just – they can't – I mean – Home or away, they've given up four nil results. So um, it's just they're in a really tough, you know, tough form. So I'm definitely eyeing them, regardless of where they're playing. Um, who and, gets fired? Uh, who gets fired first, Pablo Mastroeni or Hernan Lasada? Oof, I would say uh, Pablo is probably on the hot seat more, just because. I mean, he's been there what for a little while now. And they haven't really shown a, any massive, I'd say, much. I mean, they've shown historically to be a team that can just grind you out and find ways to advance. But, I mean, what, the, their best result with him was when they got all the way to, to the conference final without scoring, like, without taking, like, putting a shot on target or something like that. So it's like, is, is that really, like, showing quality or, or massive improvement? Or is that just like, man, we're just tougher than teams for long stretches of time? Is that, I mean, so I would, I would, think he's more on the hot seat 
Also, I mean, like I said before, Montreal's, I mean, just their schedule, five road games out of six. I mean, that's ridiculous. Honestly, <laughs> borderline ridiculous. I didn't believe that that was real when I checked the schedule at the beginning of the season. And I was just like, that has to be a misprint. But, I mean, that's a brutal start. So I would say with the amount of turnover they had yep. and having five road games out of six, when MLS is already notorious for being tough to play on the road, I would definitely – I wouldn't even consider him – maybe on the hot seat yet, just because, I mean, that's just a ridiculously tough variable to deal with early on. Yeah, I agree. The X dog has definitely run out for RSL and maybe Pablo's contract is next for running out, but we will see. Brian, what's your last of your three things? Yeah. So I've got LAFC and Philadelphia are both having struggles on the road early, um, which I've paid for by picking Philadelphia players almost every week. And so I'm definitely watching out for them when they're both on the road. They're also will had CCL um, matchups this week. LAFC is going to be playing in a couple of hours, actually about 15 minutes. So um, I'm just keeping an eye on both of those teams um, when they're on the road until after they're done with CCL and maybe their form starts to improve a little bit. Philadelphia's on the road this week. So I'm probably fading them um, until, you know, only for home matches until they really show that they're, the consistent team that we we count on them likely being by the end of the year. But Philly did you a favor this past they week. Right? Did me a favor they too. Agree. Matt Re- Matt Rial, since Kai Wagner was out, we both yep. put him in. I think he got us eight points. Yep. Yep. And, and yep. he gained value. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good play. Yeah, yeah. But they were at home. So, you know, I would, I, Blake is definitely going to be a home and away goalkeeper pick throughout the rest of the, I mean, down the stretch, I'd imagine. But, until they just get through CCL and start to start to show some consistency, the road form is just has been brutal. And I I feel like I've picked them home or away because of their status of being Philadelphia. Yeah. And right now, just the consistency has not been there, not been there on the road. So. No, it hasn't. But I, I decided we should ha- give ourselves a, a pat on the back. Yeah, there you I, go. At Real, we we've struggled with Philly so far this season, yep. but we got one right. So I yep. figured that was important to mention. So Hell Matt yeah. Real might be a name to to take a look at going forward because Kai Wagner also didn't play in the CCL match last night. Is so he hurt? I think he is hurt, and I think it's a little bit more severe than most people know about. They haven't really given much information, which MLS teams don't really have yep. the pressure to do. So we'll see. And again, they go to FC Cincinnati this weekend. So keep an eye maybe on Matt Real. They actually moved Nathan Harriel, who's traditionally a right back to left back to play last night in the CCL match. So keep an eye on what that Philly back line looks like. Uh, so my three things. So I touched on my, my striker situation, not scoring any goals again last week. I had Buonga, Ferreira, and Vasquez up top. Three premium guys. And that was not the way to go last week at forward. The top five point earning forwards last week all cost eight mil or less. Simon Betcher, Amaria, White, Bossy, and Magno. Average costs of those top five guys, 6.98 mil. So picking premium always isn't uh, the way to go, Brian. We actually had a discussion pre-podcast about, and this seems really obvious, right? Forwards are goal-reliant forwards get paid to score the goals and that's kind of how they're operating in fantasy as well there's not many opportunities to get those bonus points so you got to pick the guys that are scoring and i'm just not doing that very well at all right now i'm really struggling with that number two columbus are the best mls fantasy team at home through the first six weeks averaging 93 points per game four and allowing just 26.6 points against 
Saturday. That's uh, it's a pretty incredible stat there. Last two games were at home, I should say. 6-1 against Atlanta without Diego Almeida. And then 4-0 at home against a really depleted and struggle Not depleted, but struggling RSL team that we just talked about. And then just a little fact that I found interesting, and it's very Nashville of them. Nashville haven't been involved in a game where both teams have scored through the first six weeks. They have three 2-0 wins, two 1-0 losses, and one 0-0 draw. So either Nashville scores, the other team scores, or nobody scores. And that's just the way it is. So um, be Classic. just yeah, be mindful of that when selecting Nashville players. But that's just, uh, yeah, that's how their season's going so far. And that's just, that's so Nashville of them. Brian, important fantasy-related news, double game weeks, which are none, injuries, etc. Bye week is Orlando City, CCL. We have LAFC versus Austin FC. Uh, well, these are the matchups that are affected by CCL. LAFC versus Austin FC, FC Cincinnati versus Philly, Vancouver versus Portland. Uh, Brian, do you have any other news? Yes, yeah, so then we also got uh, Thiago Andrade is loaned out to Brazilian side, Club Atletico Forense. Uh, ben Sweat is waived by Sporting KC. Uh uh, bad turns to worse for Montreal as Rudy Camacho is suspended for this week's match. Um, and the, the Revs are after uh, he, uh, Camacho received a red card. Um, they decided that late, right? That was after, oh no, that was during the game. Yeah, that was 23rd minute. Yeah, 23rd. That's right. That's right. That's why Vancouver and Betcher scored all of those goals. <laughs> so, and so he'll, he'll be out again this week against the Revs. Um, and then Chicharito is actually going to be available this week. So we're going to see whether or not he can make it back into the lineup. I'd imagine as soon as he is good to go, they're going to put him right back in. Um, that also, I think honestly for me is um, the, the player I'm interested in most by that is Brugman actually, just because now he will have more threats to get his passes um, turned into turned into shots and goals potentially. So, cause it just seems like their attack has not been clicking at all on there. They're desperate for Chicharito at this point. Then also Cole Bassett is questionable still. He was questionable before the uh, the game last week and wasn't even in the squad. So keep an eye on that. Um, I have a player who could be affected and in, 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 we'll get to them later in our tap in 50-50 and long shot. Um, so keep an eye on the Cole Bassett situation um, in Colorado. They have a an interesting matchup, I'd say, against SKC. And then Johnny Russell, speaking of SKC, Johnny Russell and Polito uh, are both in training. So um, two DPs that haven't been in this season could be back um, this week. And, I mean, maybe that's the – I mean, because SKC's volume has been there. It just hasn't been – the finishing hasn't been there. So maybe adding a couple DPs to that attack can help turn the tide in terms of turning that volume that they've had into actual uh, finished finish product. So – yeah, that's all the news that we have for this week. Cool. Yeah, and I think one more player that could benefit from Chicharito coming back is probably, this is an obvious player, Brugman definitely, but Ricky Puj as well, uh, creating a lot in the midfield right alongside yep. Brugman, both getting a bunch of touches, both completing a bunch of passes, a lot of passes into the final third, just not a lot coming, uh, not, not a lot of finishing happening from those entries into the final third. So Chicharito should be able to help that, which should, in fact, boost those guys' stock as well. So, Brian, let's get into the weekly matchups. Let's go first to the 2022 Eastern Conference final rematch between FC Cincinnati playing host to the Philadelphia Union. Brian, what do you have for that one? Yeah, so FC Cincinnati scored the fifth most fantasy points at home this season. They're going to be going up against Philly, who are, like we said earlier, coming off of a CCL uh, win uh, yesterday. And so we're going to be we're going to be seeing i feel like probably a tired union going on the road against cincinnati who have just 
proven to be able to grind out results. And Philadelphia is still, I would say, struggling a little bit to to score. Mm-hmm. Um, again, especially on the road. So I can totally see Cincinnati getting a clean sheet in this matchup. Um, they've also Philadelphia has also uh, allowed the fourth most fantasy points to forwards and fifth most to goalkeepers. So um, this seems like potentially a prime opportunity to go with uh, Roman Salento again for Cincinnati. Um, a, a lot of Cincinnati's defenders have been extremely fantasy relevant this year. Matt Miazga, uh, Barial is uh, already in my lineup. So I can, I'm definitely uh, interested in him. Um, doesn't hurt to potentially do a switcheroo with um, uh, maybe Brandon Vazquez, something like that. If you're trying to take a risk at forward and maybe not let that risk hurt you too much, you could always try to do a switcheroo with Brandon Vazquez, something like that. Acosta probably is still a play as well, even though he's been he's been kind of hurting my team of, of late. Um, yeah, uh, I'd say that's that's my pretty basic basic rundown of that that match there also i mean i think we got to point out kai wagner just again missing yeah. time so seeing how that situation plays out um as well as uh uh i mean elliot flock torres were all rested from the start so we'll kind of see in the ccl match so we'll kind of see where where they're where they're at and then gazdag went a full 90 so uh i mean i i can't imagine him being benched in this matchup. This is a huge, huge matchup for them. Eastern Conference, like you said, Eastern Conference final rematch. So he's probably going to go the full 90, but not on tired legs against a Cincinnati defense that looks like they're really willing to grind teams out. Um, could be a tricky one, I would say, for, for Philadelphia Union. Um, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, so just one correction. That's This is my fault because I typed actually these notes. Torres, he started last night for Philly. They played a Christmas tree four three two one. Oh, so that's right. yeah, Uwa was the the striker that did not start. Um, he came in, I believe, later on in the match. Yep. So Torres did start, and then Uwa was on the bench. But all those other guys that you mentioned did miss. Just a couple quick fast facts about this game: FC Cincinnati have scored just two goals in eight games versus the Union. This is obviously not the same Cincinnati team that we're we've talked yeah. about in the previous three four years. And then FCC have won the three straight games the first time in club history. Phenomenal start for Pat Noonan and FC Cincinnati. Should be a hell of an Eastern Conference final rematch from last year. I'm really, really, really looking yeah. forward to that match. Next one, Brian. New England versus CF Montreal. The fantasy punching bag of this week. A couple weeks ago was Colorado. Now it's CF Montreal. Yep. So Montreal, like I said, really said earlier, uh, just really struggling on the road, allowing the most fantasy points per game on the road at 89 um, New England are also scoring the fourth most fantasy points at home at 75.3. So this just seems like a prime opportunity to really stack New England. I'm probably going with three New England players. Um, and I mean, I'm just going to fill up um, as much as I can. I mean, it just seems like a prime opportunity. If, if uh, Simone Betcher uh, scores two and gets an assist, I would totally be willing to bet on Gustavo Bow and Carlos Definitely. Hill in this Definitely. week's matchup. So um I'm definitely shooting shooting uh, for New England in in this matchup. Um, Montreal specifically has scored, given up the fourth most to goalkeepers. So Petrovic is also an option and goal most to defense. So all their defenders are options, I'd say, for me. And fifth most to forwards. Again, I mentioned Gustavo Bo, So he's definitely an option. Barrero is also an option. Uh, I, I would just completely fade Montreal, to be honest, in, in this matchup. Just, I mean, they're going up against New England, who have been really solid defensively, especially at home. And Montreal have been absolutely toothless. They haven't scored at home yet this or uh, scored it on the road, forgive me, uh, uh, on, on the road yet this season. So 
I would completely fade Montreal and, and stack New England this week. Um, I'm definitely eyeing this matchup um, big time. Um, a few fast facts, although I don't know how relevant this will be for this uh, for this matchup specifically based on form. But Romel Kyoto has scored four goals with the, versus the Revs since 2020. This I just man, I wouldn't bet on that this week. <laughs> but uh, and Montreal won, have won both their matchups last season. However. This is a completely different Montreal at this point than it was last season. So definitely keep that in mind. They have a negative 10 goal differential, zero goals for Like I said before, they haven't scored yet on the road and 10 goals against. So they just, it's, I mean, it's about as, about as rough as a start on the road as you can, you can have in, in this league. Um, if the, wanna... Yeah. If the rule wasn't in place where I could only pick three players from one team, I would pick 11 guys from the refs. I pick every single freaking guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But three of the top 15 defenders in fantasy are Revs players. So, like, when I'm thinking this week, I'm definitely stacking three deep for the Revs. One is probably it, – it, it's tough. You kind of have to prioritize. Like, I know that I could probably go Jones by Kessler, and I could probably get three clean sheets and and some offensive production from the, the wing backs, Jones and by. Do I want to put all my eggs in one basket in the Revs defense? Absolutely not. Because they have guys like Carlos Hill and Gustavo Bo. When I was looking through this week's matchup, he's not my tap end of the week or anything like that. But Gustavo Bo is a name that absolutely jumped off the screen at me. I think he has two goals in the last three games. He's yep. he's looked really good. Rioni is not playing up top. Bobby Wood is kind of, I mean, they're not fading him, but he's getting some spot minutes. But Gustavo Bo is the guy that's kind of leading that line right now. And yeah, Marrera, he's cheap, right? I think he's like, what, 7.6, 8.4. He's somewhere in that range. He's like value yeah. forward which is what you were looking for specifically so exactly. i don't want to yeah. i don't want to pay the 10 for bernadeski yeah. or the buonga i that's yeah. killed me that's burned me the past couple weeks it's burned me all season long like if i went through and looked at my production from the forward line that's probably my worst line on the field and i think Bo this week is somebody that i'm gonna bet on he's not my tap into the week but he's absolutely a guy this week in this matchup that i i would i would take uh, Petrovic is also somebody to, to note this week as well, New England's goalkeeper. But again, you only get three choices, so use those sparingly and um, choose wisely there. So the Chicago Fire versus Minnesota, that's our next matchup. Brian, what do you have for that one? Yeah, so I just wanted to quickly point out that Chicago allowed the fifth most fantasy points uh, per game at home. Uh, they've uh, they've had up and down time scoring, scoring at all this season, which is pretty standard for Chicago. Sometimes... Um, They'll they'll score in bunches like they did against Miami, and then I mean this last week they let they let me down by getting shut out uh, at home against DC. So um, Minnesota, I think going on the road to Chicago, where Minnesota's actually their form has been really really solid. Uh, maybe not fantasy wise, but just grinding um, out wins, grinding They're out wins, nine nine points in three away matches. That's yeah yeah, and getting clean sheets and just yeah. uh, you know stick it to. I mean they just got a one nil win on the road against St. Louis, yeah, um, which has been win. a tough place to play and a tough team to play against so far this year. Um, so I I'm, I'm intrigued by some Minnesota defenders, especially uh, just, just for that matchup because Chicago has been kind of inconsistent. Um, I also do because Minnesota is also struggling to, to score interested in, in Brady in goal. Uh, he's like 6.1 as a goalkeeper. Actually, I think he's my goalkeeper right now. I switched that out already just because yeah. I'm always looking for a cheap goalkeeper option to potentially do a switcheroo with. Um, that's kind of been my, my, one of my main strategies this year so far. And so doing a keeper and he's definitely on my list for that. Who's he's your, who's, who's your other guy? Takayoka? 
Uh, that, that was, yeah, that was last week. Um, Takayoko was, was last week. Right now I actually just have a four mil. I'm actually riding okay. solo with Brady. So okay. we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I mean, I've got like, like, that's why you do the keeper route. You still have a yeah. little bit of time to switch around and do that yeah. last minute, uh, budget book, which can be hit or miss. So we'll see. Weeks are won and lost at the 930 budget books. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I really have for, for that. Was there anything you had on that Blake or. Uh, yeah. Last week was Chicago DC, right. And you know, yep. that was a game where you were eyeing um, yep. specifically for, you know, maybe that game being like an MLS gone wild type game, you know what yep. I'm saying? Uh, you mm -hmm. know, hopefully a lot of goals, but actually I dug this stat up. Uh, Chicago have been involved in more scoreless draws than any other team in the league since the start of last year. So like Minnesota yeah. hasn't been great. They're missing their, their talisman in the midfield, Emmanuel yeah. Reynoso. Like I said, they're, like you said, they're, they're grinding out results. Nothing has been pretty. Um, their tactics have just been really good and they're two blocks of four and they're two up top. And then, you know, Chicago has, they've been, I mean, oh, okay, I guess yeah. I, I'm not super scared of their attack either. So I could definitely mm -hmm. see this match ending zero zero as well. And history is kind of hinting at that. And I think that's uh no, mate, I got one more for you. Minnesota United have only conceded three goals this season, despite facing 15.4 shots per 90. And that's the third most in MLS. So they're giving up chances. So Chicago yeah. might have chances. So your boy Gutierrez, uh, Chris Mueller, he could be a cheap fantasy option up top. Kai Kamara has actually scored a bunch of goals against teams that he's used to play for. So he could be a name worth mentioning. I'm not going to pick him, but maybe you will. Could be good differential this week. But Brian will keep it moving to the next matchup to look out for Houston versus the LA Galaxy that get Chicharito back. Yep. So Houston scored uh, the third most fantasy points per game at home. Uh, they've looked really solid there, honestly. Uh, they're, they're, they had two straight home matches and they look really, really good. Uh, Herrera got getting a goal in one of those and just continuing to, to stack up points. Um, LA Galaxy allow the fifth most fantasy points per game on the road and their defense has continued to really uh, struggle or, or you know, and just struggle as a team overall. It seems like they're kind of uh, the fan base is kind of getting a little, a little riled up early, which I mean, makes sense. The expectations going into the season for the galaxy were set pretty high. I mean, they were talking push for MVP supporter shield, deep cup run, all these kinds of things were the expectations for this galaxy team and have yeah. not, not come to fruition at all. And so I'm definitely eyeing Houston at home in this matchup. Just, I mean, uh, they, I think they've got a lot of value picks, and and Basi, who we uh, we've we've mentioned a little bit uh, already, and then I mean Ache Ache for sure. I mean he's just super consistent. This last week it was probably his his worst fantasy option. I think he had fantasy point week. It was like five or six, but he just has been a bonus point machine and hasn't required uh, plus matchups at all to still get points. And this week for me, I'd say is definitely an offensive plus matchup where he could easily get an assist or a goal. And so I'm definitely eyeing him. Brugman, Puig are both options again because we've got, um, I mean, like we said earlier, Chicharito back. So, I mean, they could also also be options as well. I think Brugman, like Ache Ache, is kind of um, not, not plus matchup fantasy dependent at all. He just kind of passes the ball extremely well and, and racks up bonus points. So um, he's also, I'd say, going to be almost always an option. Well, it was nice to have Preston Judd in our lineups when we had him, right? Yeah. I, th I think he's done now. 
Yeah, I would, I would, I would hope so. Also, just for the galaxy's sake, in terms of they just need they need a wake up call on the attacking side of things because their defense is always going to kind of be a question mark. It just seems to be that's just the, the make of that team, yeah. and so they got to find some goals. And I think Chicharito and Jovalich are the solution to that to that problem long term for sure. Yeah, and in a league where home teams always seem to have the advantage, this matchup, Houston versus LA, is the anomaly there. Road teams in this matchup have each have won each of the last three meetings. So road teams seem to have the advantage in this matchup, at least as of late. So that that could be uh that, that's an interesting play there, especially with Chicharito back. Houston's been good at home, but I don't know history at least over the last three games suggests that maybe road teams have the upper hand but we'll see i know another team that really struggles on the road that's the colorado rapids over the last two years they're going to sporting kansas city this weekend brian what are your thoughts on that matchup yeah so honestly both of these teams have struggled um to start this year sporting kansas city allowing the most fantasy points at home colorado allowing the fourth most fantasy points on the road so this seems like there could be value options honestly for both teams that are facing you know, they're both, both teams are facing uh, an opponent. That's a, that's a plus matchup so far this year, SKC allowing the third most points to goalkeepers, most to mids, second, most to forwards uh, at home. Colorado allows the fourth most uh, points on the road to midfielders. Um, SKC's only lost one of its last nine matches versus the Rapids. Um, so I, but I just I I'm not trusting SKC's form this season. Early, it's like it's like when when history tells you. I mean that for me, what that what I'm seeing there is potentially a nil nil draw out out of out of that situation, which has kind of been the 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 norm. I would say almost at this point for SKC, just with how poor their attack has been. Um, each team has scored in just two matches to start the year, so I mean that again goes back to kind of potentially a low scoring affair. Um, but again, the, the volume has been there, especially for SKC. Um, Eric Tommy, um, I mean, Shalloway, uh, I mean, they have created, I mean, they're both in the top 10 in like chances created. So it's not like SKC's volume hasn't been there. The, just the final result hasn't. And so can it happen against Colorado? Uh, I would say it, it's, you know, not a bad, not a bad shot for it to to potentially happen. Colorado structurally has been has been decent, but they haven't also produced a ton in the attack. So SKC should have a ton of volume, I'd say, in this matchup against Colorado. Um, there are a few a few options um, for Colorado that I'm kind of keeping an eye on as well, though, because again, going up against SKC, they're also allowing a decent amount of points um, and could have a clean sheet point or, or a couple of uh, other bonus point options there. So. Brian Acosta is one. Barrios is another. And uh, Yapi, they're all value options for Colorado, really. Um, their their whole roster is. So there could be another option or two for Colorado that that could get you some value. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that one. That game should be really weird. It could be 0-0, but it also could be a goal fest. I don't know. Just two teams that are really struggling. Two goals yep. for each team through the first couple weeks. Well, first five, six weeks of the season. And, you know, maybe this is the game where, you know, they get off and running and start scoring some goals. But uh, we'll see. Brian, we have a couple more matchups listed down here. Yep. Uh, but this is going to be your lightning round, all right? I'm going to give you 30 yep. seconds on each one, okay? RSL okay. versus Charlotte and go. RSL allowing the second most points, uh, fantasy points at home. They've struggled, like I said earlier, in both uh, home and away. So I'm targeting Charlotte FC in this matchup, especially their value picks like Lindsay and Kerwin Vargas. 
I'm not targeting really anybody for, for RSL, although Charlotte have given up a decent, they haven't had a clean sheet yet. So their attack could be in play Seattle versus St. Louis. Both teams are doing awesome in fantasy. So this is just a wild card matchup. They both have a ton of players in form. Both teams could have players in play. I'm leaning more towards Seattle because they're at home. Vancouver versus Portland. Um, Portland have struggled against forwards away, leading the league in fantasy points per game against. And Vancouver just came off of a hell of a home win, 5-0, with uh, Betcher being a value option at in the attack. Gressel, Tekayoka, I would say most of their team is in play as value options. Uh, well, Gressel's not a value option, but a top-tier defender who's playing as a midfielder who could definitely score. Portland maybe has a couple options in play, but I'm really leaning towards Vancouver in that one. 58.7 seconds. I feel like that was fast. For that. I, I was giving you 30 seconds per matchup. So you technically had a minute 30 and you did oh. that in 58 seconds. That was, that was really well done. I was uh, waiting I thought you said 30 total. I no, was like, I was, I was waiting for you to be talking about one of the matchups and I was just going to start screaming mid sentence <laughs> and you're going to have to move on to the next one. But Brian, that was very well done. We were running long on those matchups. I think yeah. we went really in depth on all those. I think that was yeah. really good. We haven't had that many matchups yet. We haven't yeah. gone that in depth before. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. But we'll move into what I hope is probably one of your guys' favorite segments and the segment that hope helps you guys out the most. Tap in 50-50 long shot. Brian, who is your tap in of the week? Yeah, so my tap-in is Hani Mukhtar. Uh, it looks very much like he's back. Uh, his value's already jumped back up to what it was preseason at 10 mil from one from one week, um, scoring this past week. So I'm eyeing him, and he scored. Uh, he's going up against Toronto FC. We just gave up two goals to Charlotte, have been kind of hit or miss um, in defense. And he scored a goal and, two, and had two assists in their matchup at home last season. So I'm definitely putting Hani in my lineup. I mean, his value is just really likely to start skyrocketing now that he's fully back, fully fit, and scoring goals. Love that one. He'll be in my lineup. My tap into the week is Lucas Elarion away yep. at DC at 10.7 mil. Lucas Elarion has nine goal contributions in seven matches versus DC United. He's a DC killer. He scored more goals versus DC than any opposing team in his professional career. Gets up for these games, I guess. Two goals and two assists combined in the last two matches away at Audi Field. And DC have conceded five goals in six matches versus opposition's midfielders. And DC have given up 1.26 points per game more than the league average to midfielders when playing at home. So for all of those reasons, Lucas Zellerian is my tap-in of the week. Coming off of a goal and an assist last week, and my God, that assist to Aiden Morris was filthy. <laughs> Yeah, you've been waiting all season for this moment. This has been the the big moment for Blake. So he's he's gotten there, and we're probably this might be this his tap in for the season. We'll see. I hope so. I want to pick <laughs> Lucas Aron every freaking week. He's one of the best tens in the league. We're doing all of this without Cucho, I should say. And Matan has complimented him so well. I won't go on my tangent right now, but Lucas Aron looked phenomenal last week, and I expect him to have a big game based on history and previous matchups versus DC this upcoming weekend. But I digress. Brian, who is your 50-50 of the week? Yeah, so I've got Brian Acosta at 7 mil uh, in the midfield for Colorado. I feel like I maybe sold that matchup a little bit short, but they he specifically in three games, he started three of their last four, full 90-minute play, and has averaged 5.33 points per game in those starts, uh, averaging 3.33 
key passes and 3.67 crosses in those three starts. So he's obviously one of their, their creators in this time where they've kind of struggled to gel. Um, he's got bonus points on the table, a clean sheet point potentially on the table because of how SKC have struggled. He's hey. a value play at 7 million. Um, and I, he's also had, uh, I think he could get an assist or two in this one and also potentially a shutout bonus as well is on the table. And at 7 mil, I think it's a, a real value option in terms of just having a play. Uh, you know, you only need a couple now as the value is increased on your team. So having having him as one of those options, I think, is is, is worth a look. It's a good shout there, Brian. Uh, one of my players in my 50-50 is also going to be playing that Sporting Kansas City game. Um, but I'm not going to do this every week, but I actually have three options for 50, 50. I'm sorry. I could not decide. So I'm going to give you guys three options that I think are probably decent differential plays that not many people have tossed around or really even played much so far this season. I picked them for three different reasons, one based on production, one based on history and one based on matchup. So my 50, 50 of the week based on production is Amine Bossi, 6.8 at home versus the LA galaxy. He's the only player in MLS to score in each of the last three weeks, and LA allow the fifth most fantasy points on the road. But all three goals he scored have been from the PK spot. He's not scoring many goals, not getting a lot of chances from open play, but if he can get to that PK spot, he's notching me at least probably eight points. So I'm I'm here for that, but there is a lot more risk involved there. But Houston are really good at home, like we talked about. They're 2-0. LA, not great on the road. And again, he's scoring goals. So if he can get to the PK spot or if they can start to get him rolling in open play, I would love that. So he's a guy to look out for. Based on history, my 50-50 is going to be Daniel Shallowy. 7.4 at home versus the Colorado Rapids versus Brian Acosta. Uh, Colorado haven't won an away game since August 2nd of last year. That's not great. They're tied with the second worst away goal differential to start the season. And they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points on the road. And they've conceded four goals to opposition's wingers, which just so happens to be where Daniel Shallowy is going to be. Daniel Shallowy, this is where the history comes in, has scored a brace in two of the last three matchups at Children's Mercy Park, hosting the Colorado Rapids. So he's scoring goals against the Rapids, and I hope that continues this week. That's why he's in here. Daniel Shallowy is tied for second in the league with nine shots on target and fifth in shots total with 19. But it is a risky pick as SKC allowed the most fantasy points in the league at home, and they've scored just two goals through the first six matches. I could say the same for Colorado, but Daniel Shallowy is my based on history 50-50 of the week. And last but not least, I'll keep this one short. Fafa Pico at 7.6 at home versus Toronto FC. Toronto FC are giving up the most away fantasy points to midfielders. He's coming off his first goal last week versus Orlando City, and Hani is back your tap into the week, and that just lifts everybody's floor and he gave the assist to Fafa last week. So Hani looks to be good to go. He's starting to produce a little bit, and Fafa should reap the benefits of that. Fafa is my based-on matchup 50-50 of the week. Sorry, guys, a lot of options, but I hope that helps you. Brian, who is your long shot? Yeah, so since you went Lucas Elarayan, your beloved Columbus crew with your tap-in, I'm leaning into Charlotte FC this week as well with my long shot, uh, Jalen Lindsay at 6.1 million as a defender. Uh, Lindsay, since uh, joining, uh, getting his starting spot back uh, early on this season, has had two assists in the three games he started. Um, he's really been um, an offensive threat on that right side as the right back. 
um, and really intrigued by by him and his value and also just with how poorly RSL have been so far this season. He's also got some familiarity with RSL's team as well from his time at SKC. Uh, I talked to him briefly earlier this week in a presser, and he seemed pretty confident in terms of just what he expects from them um, as well. So a little bit of insider info there as well. Um, Charlotte the downside is Charlotte haven't kept a clean sheet and clean sheets are just super valuable when it comes to picking your defenders. Um, they haven't really looked close to keeping a clean sheet because of how poorly they've kind of just given away goals. And so that's, I would definitely say what makes him a long shot is you might be up against it in terms of picking him and, and giving up a goal or two, but his offensive presence has made him uh, a threat since he's since, since he's come in. He's been uh, Charlotte's uh, highest fantasy producer so far this year on average. So uh, I'm in- intrigued by him, especially at his value at 6.1. Yeah. Ben Bender, another guy for Charlotte FC, yeah. scored his first goal last weekend. He's a guy that intrigued me. I had him down here, but I was like, ah, you know, I, I toyed with that idea. But instead, I'm going with the guy that's been a long shot a couple weeks ago for you. One of the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah. Brian is Pedro Vite for Vancouver Whitecaps at 5.6 million at home versus the Portland Timbers. He is third amongst MLS players and chances created per 90 at 2.6 chances created per 90 behind only Tiago Almada and Christian Espinoza. That was my fun fact of the day that absolutely blew me away with the amount of playmakers across the league. My boy, Lucas Leon, Daniel Gazdog, all those guys. No, it's Pedro Vite coming in just behind Tiago Almada and Christian Espinoza for chances created per 90, which kind of blew me away. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. No, me neither. And those are Opta analyst stats that I pulled that from. So very uh, credible source there. He recorded his first assist of the season last week versus CF Montreal. That's a favorable matchup for everybody. But needless to say, he got on the score sheet for that one. Portland allowed the seventh most points to opposition's midfielders. They give up 24 points per 90 minutes. Timbers have conceded second most away goals in MLS with nine. So all of those things sound pretty good, right? He's, he's creating chances. Portland are pretty bad on the road against the opposition's midfields. But Vite and the Whitecaps will be playing. They're actually playing right now against LAFC in midweek CCL. And he hasn't scored more than three points more than one time so far this season. So although he's creating the chances, those fantasy points are not racking up for him. Therefore, he is my long shot of the week. Pretty low floor, uh, medium high ceiling. So a lot of risk involved there. It's Brian and I talked about this pre-podcast. For those of, the, of you that are listening, picking a long shot is kind of a difficult thing. I, yeah. toyed, I toyed with Will Sands. I'm like, well, Will Sands is starting for the Columbus crew. And I don't want to talk about the Columbus crew all podcast, but Will Sands has been great. He's got 14 points over the last two games, but he's not a long shot. There's no risk involved there. Pedro Vite feels like a risk but he has some boom in him with those chances created. So we'll see. Pedro Vite is my long shot of the week. I always want to call them my tag. And, and actually another quick, another quick um, point on him. He's, I just looked up their lineup for like, cause they're playing right now and he's not in. So he's at least oh, been probably. rotated out. So I think there's probably a stronger chance that, uh, and he's, yeah, I know he is on the bench, but he's not in the starting lineup. So okay. he should be at least, at least fresh if they give him a go this weekend. So. All right, that's uh, that's that's good to know. There, I'll keep Pedro Vite in mind, and you guys should too. I believe they're probably a ten thirty game this weekend against Portland. I believe it's a ten thirty game, so you have to stay up late to see that one. If if you're doing that nine thirty p.m. budget shuffle and you need a guy that's under six that might produce, hint hint, wink wink, Pedro Vite might be your guy. 
Brian, let's make some decisions here. Let's go into start, bench, sell. So, Brian, yeah. uh, you ask me first. I'm pretty sure I always ask yep. you first. Yep, sounds good. So I've got three. We've talked about chances, cr- chance created and top, top chance creators a lot on this on this episode. Um, so I've got three guys who are in the top 10 of goal of attacking contributions based on what Opta Analytics shows. Uh, this is so both mm-hmm. shots and chance created. All okay. three of these guys are value forward options. So right in your wheelhouse as well. But um, they also so, so so it means they're all creating chances, getting shots. They just are at a value because they're not getting the goals to increase their value yet. But this maybe could be the week. They all have what I would say is plus matchups. So okay. here we go. Okay. We've got Brian White Ooh, at baby. home versus Portland. You already mentioned one Vancouver player in, in Pedro Vite. So he's coming at 6.8 million. We've got Jefferson Severino at home versus Charlotte at 7.6 million. I would say he's definitely RSL's go-to guy, even though that isn't saying much this year. Yeah. And how then, much, how much did you say White was? I'm sorry, my pen wasn't oh, working. Brian White's at six point eight. Severino's okay. at seven point six. Okay. And then the last one is away matchup, away versus RSL. So Charlotte player Carwin Kerwin Vargas at seven point four mil. Start bench sell. Vargas on the road versus RSL. Correct. Yep. Okay. Brian White at 6.8 versus Portland, and he's he's been he's been really, really good. Uh is is he in the starting lineup tonight versus LAFC? Do you know? He is. Okay. So that's that that definitely weighs into my decision there. But they've been running with two up top, Brian White and Simon Betcher, since Cordova has been injured. Um, so he still might get a run this weekend. Savarino. Uh he hasn't really been playing for RSL, has he? He didn't play last week versus Columbus. I think he was away for family reasons. Yeah, he's been he's been kind of hit or miss a little bit this season, as as a lot of RSL players have been. Okay, but he's still, I mean, he's still able to get himself into the top ten. But yeah, a little bit more limited on minutes overall. Okay, um, so what I'm gonna do here, because Vancouver really don't uh, have a, very many options up top outside of White and Betcher, and because of his price. I hate that I always use price as something uh, as a deciding factor, but it, it is very important in MLS fantasy. It's fantasy relevant. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start Brian White. I'm going to bench Kerwin Vargas. Good call. And then I'm going to sell Savarino. Nice. Yeah, I was Kerwin Vargas was probably my 50-50 at one point this week, but it was just between him and then Jalen Lindsay was just the cheaper Charlotte option for me. So that went with a long shot there. But I, yeah, I think that would be my my start bench sell for those three as well. In, enlighten me where exactly does Vargas play on the field uh so the start of the year he was at right wing but he's been playing left wing okay. over the last um since he got took over the starting role which has been the last three games and he's got a goal in a he's he's had a goal contribution in every game he had a goal against Orlando an own goal assist uh against New York and then an assist in this last week's matchup so he's been involved in pretty much everything positive attacking wise for Charlotte since he's been a starter Cool. All right. Well, then I'm I'm cool with my decision. I yeah, I, could yeah. even, I could even justify starting Vargas, benching uh, Brian White. Yeah. Uh, definitely, those two guys would be in my in my 15 in my MLS fantasy 15. Uh, Savarino's a guy I would definitely sell. But Brian, we'll we'll move on to mine. We're going all central midfielders from okay. the 7.8 mil range to 8.9. So pretty wide range here. Yeah. But I think all favorable matchups, all at home. So number one, we're going to start with the middle price guy. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with Santi Rodriguez. 
New York oh. City FC, 8.4 mil at home versus Atlanta. He's averaging 4.6 points. 8.4 mil, you said? Yep, 8.4 at home versus Atlanta. Yep. Eric Tommy at home versus the Colorado Rapids, 7.8 mil. And he is averaging 4.33 points. And then our highest price player in the start bench cell is Nico Ladero at 8.9 mil at home versus expansion side St. Louis. And he's averaging five and a half. Man. Start, so start it's like, bench cell. Yeah, so you've got like a, a player who just excels at home in Santi. And you've got Eric Tommy, who's just got a super plus matchup and also has been like just a chance creating machine this year, like key pass him and shallowly, like we've talked about earlier, both just creating just the final result isn't there, which makes it a hit or miss play. And then Nico Ladero is just, I mean, the creator for arguably maybe the best team in MLS right now, or at least one of them for sure. So gosh, at, and at home. And I'm, I mean, St. Louis gives up goals. I think, I, I think even though he's at the premium price, I think I'm going with, Nico Ladero to start. Um, I just I, I don't mind that matchup at all against St. Louis, uh, especially with them being at home. And he's just that team is pretty con- has been shown to be pretty consistent so far this season. Um, I'm gonna go sell a uh, bench. Sorry, bench. Santi. Sell Eric Tommy. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I didn't equate price into mine <laughs> understood no i think i would do a, about the same thing santi has been really good at home for new york city and then you just yeah. you can't you can't deny Lico, nico ladero at home against an expansion side and again yep. the center attacking midfielder for the one of the top three teams in mls so uh good yep. choice there brian all right let's uh let's move into the mailbag i just think we have one lineup from our yep. our our usual suspect here gracie lynn Yep. Uh, so my lineup for this week gave the captain to Mukhtar. I have 1.1 mil left in the bank to spare. If you think I got something terribly wrong. So the lineup is Takeoka, uh, Guzan, and the Keeperu. Uh, starting in the back, from, it doesn't matter from which side to which side. <laughs> uh, yep. Caleb Wiley, Matt Miazga, Walker Zimmerman, Brandon Bai. In the middle, we have Hector Herrera, Noel Buck, Sebastian Triussi, Hani Mukhtar with the captain, Leo Chu. It's a good shout. Yeah, uh, he's been very one of the most important pieces for Seattle for the past couple of weeks, connecting with Jordan Morris. And then again, his his partner in crime, Jordan Morris up top on the bench. Like I said, Guzan, Tate Schmidt, who went out injured last week. So that could be a guy you drop off your bench, save you some money, make a sub out of there. Jason Russell Rowe for the Columbus crew and then Simon Betcher on her bench as well. Uh, any quarrels with that lineup? Anything that you would improve? Anybody you would drop? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think one of her specific questions was that regarding her lineup was like whether or not Vancouver's legit. Um, I definitely don't know if they are legit, but they definitely are capable of being a fun team to watch and capable of showing up big in plus matchups. So I definitely don't have a qualm with playing them at home against Portland uh, when Portland have struggled, especially at, at preventing goals on the road. Um, so I'm totally cool with them this week season long. I mean, I, they have to show me more. I would say to be like, oh yeah, they're legit. 
a legit team by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, they definitely are still rotating a lot of a lot of their players and trying to figure out who can score for them consistently. I'd say, but this week I'm 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 intrigued by by several players um, for sure. Um, and then she had one other question regarding I forget regarding her lineup as well. Um, other than that, I mean, Hani, I'm captaining Hani I'm almost for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, she said she dropped almost all of her St. Louis and Seattle players, which doesn't seem true because she has Leo Chu and Jordan Morris, probably the two guys that you really need to have in that game. Yeah. Um, she asked if if that's a, a mistake, and I absolutely don't don't think that's a, a mistake whatsoever of having those two guys from Seattle in your lineup. You could also throw a Nico Ladero, Stefan Fry at goalkeepers, probably another good shout this weekend at home versus expansion side. Um, yeah. And then Edward Leuven and... Uh, Jal Klaus, both of those guys have had a either a goal or an assist in all of their away games so far the season. So they're performing on the road. Yeah. Do I think they're going to perform uh, at Seattle this weekend? I I really don't. I think I would I would yeah. bet heavier on Seattle than St. Louis. But nothing against St. Louis. I think that they're going to be okay. Their underlying numbers suggest that they are actually a pretty good team, and they're tough to tough to beat tough to beat their press and and they capitalize on opponents' mistakes. So I like what they're doing. I don't like this matchup against Seattle. No, they're starting to play teams that are more in form yeah. and just more composed and um, not going to be shaken by Yeah, they're not going to be shaken by a team that's uh, that runs around a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not just gonna, they're not, that's like that's they're gonna have to do more. They're gonna have to do more than right. just than just play play tough and play scrappy. Um, Seattle has seen it all before, and yeah, like they're like. Yeah, I mean, we saw it against Minnesota, right? A well-coached, well-structured team can handle St. Louis. Um, yeah. just, that's what they haven't had to face, and which is what makes their style effective early on in seasons. And I think that's why you you saw so much success from them early on is their their style could be in form while other teams were trying to get their rhythm together and, and their composure together, and they took full advantage of that. And now the the tables are probably turning a little bit in terms of teams are getting in their form and they're also just their schedule has gotten significantly harder so the turns have tabled the turns have tabled <laughs> uh so i'll just go through her lineup really quick and so just let you know what i like and don't like and then we'll get out yeah. here caleb wiley i don't like that matchup for atlanta at new york mm -hmm. city fc at all nope. i would I, I would look for an alternative to caleb wiley although he's had a pretty nice start at least a yeah. couple weeks ago, he had two really good weeks in a row, and he's kind of gone quiet after after that. But, yeah, I would definitely look for a replacement there. And then in the midfield as well, I think Noel Buck is a is a fine shout. Um, yeah. I, th I think she has two, two value picks in the midfield, Chu and Buck. I, I think that and, and then also Drewsi, I don't like it or Austin's matchup against LAFC at all. I think you need mm -hmm. to throw a Carlos Hill or another premium midfielder in there. Yeah. I think there's some really good matchups in there this yeah. week that's come back to bite me before, but I really think either Lucas or Hill probably needs to be in this lineup. And then you can drop one of those. Uh, you can probably drop Drewsi um, and then pick up Zillarion with that leftover money. Maybe, maybe not have enough. But yeah, that's what I would do in your midfield. But other than that, I I, I like the lineup. Good defensive matchups, Takeoka and Guzan. I, I don't like Guzan as well as the the keeper route, but uh, teach their own. I, I would look elsewhere other than Guzan. But yeah, Brian, do you have any other thoughts on the lineup? Or are you ready to get out of here? No, I think that's. I think I think we've 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 rambled on enough. We went we went we went really hard on the matchups. So I yeah, think I think we're I think we're we're set for this week. Okay, cool. 
All right, Brian, any closing thoughts or was that your piece that you had to say? That was my piece. That was, that was your piece. This is going <laughs> to be my, okay, guys, uh, the Columbus crew are rolling. They're going to continue rolling against DC and maybe Charlotte will continue to do the same. The Columbus crew yeah. beat up on RSL this week. It'd be nice. You know, we, we softened them up and you guys just knock yeah. them out this week. Right. And maybe it this is. is the week, maybe you guys could be the reason Pablo Mastroni gets fired, fired. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever it takes to get a win. We'll see. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> anyways, guys, thanks for listening to episode eight. I got this one right of the Dropping Points podcast. Enjoy this weekend's slate of games. Brian and I will definitely be doing that. You guys take care of yourselves and one another. And remember, listen responsibly. Make your own decisions when it comes to MLS Fantasy. Take our picks with a grain of salt. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.